Hello, and welcome to episode 54 of Man vs. Business. My name is Les Janes, and I'm here with my co-host, Sean McMenamin. This week, Sean and I are discussing the topic of employee growth and succession planning. So with that, let's go ahead and start the show. Sean, how are you doing today? Good, Les. How are you? I am doing just fine. I, I almost um, I almost uh, tried to mess with everybody, and I was going to say, from my voice, I was going to say, so, Sean, how are you doing today? <laughs> I should have. You, you think they can tell our the difference between our voices? I would imagine. <laughs> so um, today we thought we'd kind of uh, go down a path that's, um, I would say, maybe not as near and dear to our heart as maybe it should be. Um, and I'm saying that mainly for me, not necessarily for you, Sean, but, um, uh, that it's not something that I have had to in the past put a lot of thought into, but I'm now seeing more and more the value of. Right. And, and this is, this and, is probably a conversation for people in the, in the leadership role, uh, more so than in, in the, you know, kind of worker bee role thinking of, sure. of, succession planning and and the, the rank and file and growth yeah growing growing your your employees um, yeah so the topic is employee growth and succession planning right okay so that's the proper way to say it yes yeah <laughs> so that's that's what we're going to talk about today and and like I said I, I I've never been in a scenario where it's something that I've had to engage deeply in I've been involved uh, as uh, a person being asked, you know, where I want to go, what I want to do, how I want to get there, but I've never been the one asking the questions and, plan- so and, I, and I think out. you have actually. I have, yeah, and planning it and out, planning yeah. it out, and, and to me that's the start, the most important thing. Okay, realizing that that it is a topic, you know, and, and it falls under the HR topic, but it really falls under the operational topic of okay are we prepared for moving people through our organization so that the organization gets better and stronger? What are we doing for those people? And then what are they going to do for us when they get to these new roles? So that's something that makes sense to think about. Well, I think that one of the reasons this topic came up is because uh, I think in our past, we have often seen scenarios where somebody has been elevated to a position and we all kind of rub our head. Yeah. How did he get there? Or how did that person get that role? Uh, I'm sure people have said it about me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and you know what? You shouldn't shouldn't have people wondering. Because I know um, we had a a presentation one time in our last company, and and they came in and they said, you don't want people to go to MSU. And you're thinking that's some college or something like that. What's MSU? It's make stuff up. You don't. You want. You want to make sure that you you give people the information that they can they can come up with the the answer in their mind based on the facts that are provided. Because if you don't provide facts, then they're a, they're an MSU and they're making stuff up because they have to fill the void of knowledge. If they don't have knowledge, they've got to create, right. they've got to create information that then all of a sudden becomes knowledge, and that that can eat away at your organization. So I think the first place to start with this process is, is like you said, 
the plan. And, you know, we've talked about planning in multiple topics that we have covered. Planning is the basis for almost everything you do in an organization. How do you identify risk and then how do you plan for it? And this probably is no, no different, I would think. I, would, I do think that there's probably a lot of companies out there that, that take a pretty ad hoc approach to employee growth and succession planning. Whatever hurts, let's just deal with it at the time. There's not really a plan. If somebody does get hit by the beer truck, we just deal with it then. Uh, If somebody does retire, we'll take care of it when the person is gone. I'm seeing now more and more that by taking that type of mentality, you're not doing the company any good in the long run. That you're you're not gaining ground. You're constantly, it's the old adage of, you know, one step forward, two steps back. Right. And, and you know, by, by taking that approach. And I would even say, you know, expanding it because I do believe that people are the, the, the main reason a company exists and you want people to come to work and enjoy work. So you, you've got the people. And if you take somebody on an ad hoc basis and put them in a position that they weren't ready for because you needed a you needed, you know, maybe some high energy type person to take that spot and then they don't do well and you don't help them because you didn't have a plan on on grooming them and getting them in there and now now they're in a position all of a sudden they're not doing well their self-esteem goes down their their ability to you know do the job can't happen you know perhaps you know if it goes down that path and then you've just made a big mess of things right so how so if you don't have anything in your organization currently in place what is the best way to get started with something like this? All right. So, what, I mean, do you have an idea? Yeah. What I've done in the past is get go through the the functional chart in your your organization. So, the functional organization chart. So, don't don't put names down. Just what are the the key spots? You know, manager of sales, director of sales, whatever the title is, and list right. list out what those key spots are, and then the reason that they're key. I think you don't want to you don't want to just have the, the in an air quotes here, key spots, just because they've got director or VP or something like that in their title. Why are they key? What are the risk factors that would happen um, or that you would have to overcome if that person was no longer in that position or that position that you wanted the most out of that position? Or you got to a point where that person was ready to make a move themselves, but because you hadn't done any planning, you keep telling them, "Hey, you can't move because you got to figure out how to backfill your role." Right? Yeah, you and know, usually you find that out. Not the place to be yeah. in. Yeah, and you find that out when when there is a spot that opens because your boss didn't plan to move you in there. Hey, I'd like to put you in that position, right. but you know we don't have anybody to backfill your position. So you know that's so, that's that's a lame-o excuse. Sucks for you. Yeah, <laughs> sucks for you. And you know what? To me, if you if you really think about you know a statement like that, that is a that is a push the responsibility off type statement. Hey, I haven't right. helped you get to your next spot. That means you haven't helped anybody get to your next spot. So I'm going to make it look like you can't move because nobody's going to ready to, nobody's ready to fill your, your uh, position. So which it, in reality, the lame is the person saying all that or doing well, it's, all that. It's, it's the leadership. And, and we, right. we continue to go back to leadership. Leadership really has to take responsibility Stand up straight, right. have a backbone, and say, this is what we have to do. And if, you know what, something doesn't go as planned or a curveball is thrown at the plan, leadership has to acknowledge it and say, wow, we didn't think about that. How are we going to address it and not you know, push the, 
push the accountability where it doesn't really belong, where it, where it can't really change. The, the, right. the main thing is, is in your planning, the accountability has to be where action and change can happen. So, so you, you, you look through the, your functional uh, organization, you lay that out, you write down why you believe certain positions are key, and then from there, where would you go? Well, then you can start tossing around names of, okay. of people because this does go hand in hand with the growth of your employees. You know, from, okay. from the HR and the management standpoint, the leadership standpoint, you should be thinking of of how do you make your employees better because that's what really energizes employees when they've got the opportunity and they can see the bright light. You know, at the end of the tunnel, it says, "Hey, if I do." You know these steps, and I do them well, then I'm going to get a promotion. And I and, and mm-hmm. people typically like the title and whatever salary compensation comes along with it. So, right. keep people engaged. You know, you should have that on the forefront of your, you know, kind of like HR column of your day. Whatever, whatever you do to to uh, enhance people's work experience. So, I would think at that point uh, you would start identifying gaps in the potential employees, whether it's training, certifications, different opportunities, and that goes down the path of employee uh, growth and um, actually laying out a skills matrix or some sort of growth plan as to, hey, first, you know, we have a, an idea or a growth path and I would assume that at some point you, you have to start communicating with the employee saying, you know, what are your interests? Where are you wanting to go? You can't make the assumption solely on the leadership side saying, you know, hey, we've identified this person and we're going to point him towards this direction. Yeah. Well, what if he wants to go that direction? Right. Well, that's know? yeah. And that's that is the other half of this. So you can you can get a, a handle on where you are because we, we were under the assumption that you don't have any kind of plan in place. So how do you get things started? Because. Once you think that you should have a plan, it, you know, it seems like Murphy's Law, something will happen. So, so, so make the assessment, and then without a doubt, this should be communicated to the employees and say, listen, we're trying to um, develop a plan so that people have paths to grow. Career paths. Yeah, career paths yeah. to grow. And these are the, these are the, the you know, offshoots of the, the ladders on where, to, where the stepping stones are to get higher in the organization. Now, you're right. There are some people that would like to just be an accountant behind a desk doing numbers for the rest of their life, and they're happy with that. You know, right. personalities play a huge role in the capability of people in their job. You, you might have an engineer. I've run, I've run across in my career engineers that were up there in age, and there was a project in the Middle East, and I said, hey, you got to come with me. You're the, you're the project engineer. And he's like, I don't have a passport. I have no desire to get a passport. I don't want to go anywhere. That's all this person wanted to do, and I, it shocked me. I was I was young at that time, and it, right. it shocked me. Like, wow, why wouldn't you want to travel and you know go do this this work? But you know, no harm. The guy wanted to go home every night, have dinner, hang out with his family. So that's that's yep. so yeah. You do have to ask the people that are in your organization what they want to do, and whichever way they want to go, that's where you should try to help them. Right. And um, so I think that at some point you've got to start that uh, communication back and forth and start trying to uh, figure out how the two can come together to best meet the company's needs. Absolutely. 
the company, okay. yeah, the company's and the, the employees' needs. Now, we we did before we started recording talk about um, like a, the nine box matrix of you know, right capabilities. Um, what was it uh, capabilities and the knowledge? Um, knowledge, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and you know, are they smart but they are not very capable yet, or are they you know very capable, but you know not, not very, very smart. smart. <laughs> Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> knowledge in their job, knowledge in their job. So so uh, uh, you know the thing is when you have people that that might be that might be uh, knowledgeable but not very you know not capable to to grow to to expand. Right. You know, you need those, you know, that's what we call the, you know, the worker bees, the people that just nose to the grindstone and do what they do. So you don't, you don't need to stretch them beyond their comfort zone if they don't want to be, if they don't want to be. Now doing one of those, uh, uh, nine box metrics matrix, um, I would assume that those would work best in a large organization In a smaller organization. I don't quite see the benefit just because. You're not usually dealing with multiple people trying to go for the same role and things like that. I mean, is that? Yeah, it, it does depend upon the size of your organization and how formal and informal you have to be. Um, right. You know, is a is a memo is a memo of you know criteria for the next role in a fabrication facility, a manufacturing shop, or some some organization. You know, the criteria to get to manager of purchasing you know is that clear and it's not just the job description it's what what the worker has to be able to do you know the job description is one thing lift 25 pounds and you know no accounting and do all this other stuff but it's it's really better you need to you need to communicate with the people that are in that area um, exactly what is expected of the manager of a group in order for them to step into that yeah, now I would assume, and we talked about this before the, we started the podcast, but I would assume that throughout this process, we're not necessarily dealing dealing with the uh, skills and aptitude and training requirements, only in the fact, though, that if you've identified a gap, there might be some skills they have to obtain or some training that they might have to obtain to actually take on this next role. Right. Yeah, I mean, everybody should have in their annual plan, their, their, their HR and, and personal growth plan, um, an idea of what training needs to be taken. Um, I'm, right. I'm going under the assumption that most organizations believe that same thing where, where you would expect people to take training along the way during the year. So that training can be guided based on... That could be a bad assumption. I know, which would be a shame. Which would be a shame. Is, if a yeah. company doesn't say, hey, I expect you to take, you know, whatever... 40 hours right. of training this year, okay, and and along with that, help that person plan. Don't say you need to take 40 hours worth of training and they take tennis lessons for 40 hours. You know, <laughs> you know whatever 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 skills will help. They go job. to school for EMT training. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> I actually had that. Somebody asked me that one time. Go to school for EMT. That worked for oh, me. Oh, yeah. They wanted, yeah, they wanted to be an EMT, and they wondered if that company would pay for it. I'm like, really? <laughs> but you're not an EMT. <laughs> you're a welder. <laughs> yeah. 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 How about learning so, to weld better? Well, and I, I would also think that uh, the the process of doing uh, employee assessments would fall into this whole process somehow, too, 
in that you're trying to make sure that you're evaluating your employees all throughout their, you know, their career so that you can have a good idea of one, where they want to go two how well they're doing currently. And three, you know, things that they need to work on to help fill those gaps. It seems like that is kind of the, a little bit of the cornerstone to kind of help make sure this process is moving forward. And then of course the succession planning is the leadership team looking at all of that and putting together a plan to to build from there, right? And and you want to look at it in you know a short term plan and a long long term plan. You know, if, if, if somebody now gets the, hit by the beer truck, who's who's going to step in? And we already we already talked about that. So you're right. The the understanding of where employees are, and I'll just say this because you find that that reviews and evaluating people's skills and, and accomplishments during the year and things like that in a lot of places are not high on the importance factor. It's kind of an afterthought. Oh, we got to get this done before the end of the fiscal year. Hey, we, we got to have your reviews real quick. If that's the way you're managing your reviews then your process does not work well and you need to revamp that process before you worry about succession planning. Well, and I personally think it shouldn't be overcomplicated. No, I think that sometimes a lot of these evaluation processes are extremely complicated with, Lots of reviews and lots of, you know, up to, you know, the president and coming back down. And and it just seems very convoluted. But, you know, now that I'm in the role I'm in, I'm wondering (laughs) if I can help change that to some degree and what it would look like. And you should and everybody should help work to change things that don't don't make sense. What? Sorry. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, well, I was going to say that, um, you know, a couple things that we brought up, you know, uh, outside the uh, podcast was that um, uh, everyone needs to understand that the reason for some of the formality is because usually this is what you liked to call a soft science. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I liked that term. Uh, and then also to get rid of favoritism. Uh, so I, I get the impression that favoritism happens a lot in organizations. Well, I go back to um, I go back to MSU. You know, if, if right. you don't if you don't tell people what the plan is for promotion, then then and somebody gets a promotion, well, then they're going to come up with their own reason. Oh, well, you know that person mowed you know the boss's lawn last week, or you know did something to uh, you know get that promotion. So you tell them, hey, this is. This is what the criteria has to be. And then in their day-to-day jobs, you know, colleagues can see who does what, you know, to get the job done. So and if, if, if somebody is not getting the job done as well as, as somebody else in their, in their group, one, the manager should be talking to that person if you're not getting the job done well enough. So there should be no surprise there if somebody else gets a promotion. All right. So, um, you know, one of the things... Uh uh, one of the books we were talking about, which I think from the what I've, I have not read the book that I'm about to bring up, but uh, uh, the title definitely seems like it's a very uh, topic specific title to this. Uh, and that is what got you here won't get you there. So this is a book you've read. I have. And, and Sean is actually suggesting that I read it, which I will be reading it uh, just because, you know, I need every little bit of help I can get. But um, it sounds to me, the title sounds to me as it's talking about 
um, somebody that is actually growing in their position and having to figure out ways of letting go of things or changing the way they do things as they've kind of gone up the ranks. Right. How do you, how do you get to a leadership position from, you know, a contributor, a contributor position? Right. And, and, and covering topics, you know, such as, you know, delegating and planning and, and strategizing and things like that. I'm and sure. And into emotional, emotional intelligence on how to handle situations and things like that. EQ. Yeah, if, if, if anybody hasn't dealt with EQ, it's an, a very, very interesting topic and, um, makes you, uh, have to look at yourself, which is somewhat painful sometimes <laughs> <laughs> as to, you know, emotionally your EQ, what do they call it? Quotient. Yeah, that's what you do. It's your um, emotional quotient. So instead of, instead yeah. of your intelligence quotient, your IQ, this is your your IQ. And uh, yeah, your your EQ is. Uh, and your EQ is something you can actually change over time, as opposed to your IQ right. is not necessarily something you can. Yeah, change. there's skills that you can hone. Hone. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So so I've gone through the, some of that EQ process, and and I, I do think that there's been some benefit to to some of that. Um, you know, I don't know whether it's, I, whether it's partially that and partially just becoming a little bit wiser cause I'm older. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to say because I've had three kids. I don't yeah, know. Well, uh, be, because I've been married for 28 years. I don't know. <laughs> well, the physiology of, of humans and, and, and that fight or flight, um, instinct is there it's there in, in right. work it's there you know if if you're out driving and somebody irritates you um on the road so so managing the emotional part because we are very emotional beings man, and managing those emotions and not having those emotions turn into actions based on unrational thought and unrational emotions i'm not saying that that, that your emotions are not rational but sometimes they can be you know, and sure. I always use the I always use the uh, example of when you're driving down the road and somebody cuts you off. Even for me personally, I, I was I was the lesson teacher. I was like, oh, that guy, I'm going to teach him a lesson, cutting me off. You know what? Yeah. That person might have had a bad day, didn't see yeah. you, whatever, and they didn't cut you off because you're you. Think of it the think of it the other way, and, and we don't have to get into a EQ session here, but think of it the other way. That person has got some kind of issue that causes them to drive like an idiot. Okay? Yeah. Don't let it bother you. And it's it's not up to you necessarily to fix them. Right. It's you know. especially when you're in two different cars traveling obviously at two different speeds. <laughs> right. So so but the thing is, the thing is, is why let those outside influences adversely affect your energy, your emotions, your feelings? You know, agree. You got to be able to. You got to be able to slough it off. And and yep. this is a very uh, pedestrian way of explaining. You know, one part of, of <laughs> EQ. So, from two people that ride bikes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, cars don't hit exactly. us. Exactly. So, so is there any other? Before we summarize this, is there any other topics in this area you think we should touch on? Um, well, you know, the other thing too is if you are in a leadership role. It's, it's good to get this rolling and it's good to be in that group that you can understand you can understand um, the, the workings of the organization a little bit better. And I think, I think the group should be large enough so that an area of the, the organization is, is covered. Of course, depending upon how large your organization is, you can't have everybody in one group. You can you know, split it up. 
um, to make sure that certain divisions are covered in succession uh, and succession right. planning. But, um, you know, making sure people are aware that that carrot is out there saying, hey, if, if, if the job is open, see, that's the other thing, too, that you have to be clear about is that if you list criteria and you've got three A players that do check all the boxes that can, that can take that job, if the job is not open, then they have to realize that, okay, nobody's moving into that job until that person moves out. So, and you would, you would, you would expect, and it should be understood in an organization that the person whose job you're trying to get shouldn't be offended by other people who are trying to get their job because they should be looking to get a job somewhere else in the organization in order to grow. One, one, the only other summary item that I would say is, um, and, and I do remember this from when I was very young out of college, um, a VP that I had at a company that I worked for, uh, he would say that the, the, um, the curve, the learning curve in any job, not in a company, but in the job that you have, is is um, very accelerated as time as time goes out to the right on the x-axis. Sorry, I'm going to get a little mathematical. The slope is is very steep, so it, it it comes up like a hump, and then it just starts to slowly get towards a hundred, and and the time it takes to get you know the twenty percent, and we use twenty five. The time it takes to get right. the, the last 25% of all the knowledge that you can have in that job takes four times as much as it took you to get that first 75%. Once you get that, that first 75% of the knowledge in a job, you should be looking to move up because that last 25% would take you four times as long and you gain very little in, in knowledge and in productivity, really. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a great... Uh example i've never heard that so if before. you're stagnant like you know if you're stagnant you're at like i know my job 98 percent, and you're stagnant and you don't like your job and your boss should realize yeah. whether you like your job or not mm-hmm. that's something that you should really think about these people where are they on that on that that curve that curve that's 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 a great example i like uh, i like that so i think the only um from a summary standpoint i think the main thing for me is that uh it it's really key to have some sort of succession planning program in place, even if it's something simple, uh, if it's something that um, uh, if you're a small organization, it'll get you where you need to be. But just having some sort of framework, some sort of methodology in place uh, for handling, uh, ensuring that the company is never in a do or die situation with key positions. That's the way to I think that's the yeah. Yeah, I think that's the the whole goal that any company should be thinking about. And, of course, how you get there, I'm sure there's plenty of ways of getting there, but I would think um, keeping it as simple as possible, basing it off of job descriptions, requirements, uh, based on the company's needs, um, you should try to keep it as simple as possible. Don't make it a a large, burdensome process uh, because it's going to fail most of the time if you do that. Now, of course, when you get to extremely large companies where the reporting structure is very complicated, you know, I don't know. Well, it's going to be part of a of a a group's task responsibility. Your your HR department's going to be huge. It'll be driven most likely out of HR instead of out of you know the the operations guy or the president of you know a small organization. Right. So um, I think that's all we'll uh, talk about on this particular topic, and um, we will meet with the group again (laughs) next week. Sean, you have a good week and we will chat with you later. Cheers. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of Man vs. Business. Please note that neither Sean nor myself are business consultants. We just have a strong passion for discussing all things business. Please remember to visit sigmatree.co to see our other podcasts, our business ventures, and our blog. And by the way, you can also drop us a line from the message page. Again, thank you and have a good week. Mm-hmm.